Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Stories Markham, the podcast. Life Stories is a channel devoted to providing our audience with a deeper understanding of various individuals and what's behind their public persona. I'm your host, Michael Heath, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neelash Hathi, in the control room. On our channel here, Neelash and I will delve into the life story of people within our community. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, we would ask you to please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're joined today by Paul Kuvoy. Paul has been currently at the Unionville Curling Club for 30 years. His family was involved in the original building of the build, and Paul's a volunteer firefighter. Welcome to the show, Paul. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you, Paul. Thank you. Okay, so 30 years is when you started curling. Let's take you back 30 years, because uh, I know you and I both have a son mm -hmm. that's uh, 30 years old now. That's right. So what was it that got you into curling back 30 years ago? Uh, we had another couple that was friends of ours. They were interested in joining, and there was a mixed, was the league that was, at the time, the big league to join, right? So I'd curled pre previously in high school, so uh, we joined up with them, and there was, like it is now, quite a few other couples joined at the same time, so it was a big group of curlers. Sure. So you curled in high school, uh, you took a break, you came back. Yeah. Did you pick it up right away? Yeah, it was like riding a bike, I think. It's pretty, pretty automatic once you've done it. That High school, yeah, it was four years. It was only like once a week or that we just come over to the club and uh, curl. Right. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so you're curling now 30 years ago at the Unionville Curling Club. And you've got a family attachment to that club. Mm -hmm. Your father, I believe, was pretty instrumental at that club a number of years ago. Yeah, my dad and a lot of my, well, there, he had three brothers actually that curled all at the same time. So there was four of them that were involved. And uh, they were all involved with, at some part of helping build the club when they were starting the original building in that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Paul, yourself, you, you grew up in Unionville. Mm -hmm. um, uh, which for our audience, Unionville uh, was a village that's now really been encompassed by, uh, by Markham, the city of Markham. Mm -hmm. so, um, so growing up in Unionville, where, where was your first home within Unionville at that time? Uh, we lived on Maple Lane, which is on uh, just off Main Street, south of the railroad tracks, okay. beside Central United Church. My father uh, built a house down there, and uh, I had an uncle who lived at the bottom end of the street there. He had a house with a farm, uh, the farm was on there. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So you were pretty close proximity to the a family-owned farm. That's right. Yeah. Right. It was about the only barn in Unionville, I would say, right okay. in town. Sure. Mm -hmm. But at that young age, I'm sure they didn't uh, force you to have to work on the farm. No, 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 nothing like that. No. We lived down there till I were uh, six years old, and then we moved up to Wembley, just north of the curling club there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And. Um, so over the years then, you've seen a tremendous change, I'm sure, within mm -hmm. uh, the village of Unionville. Um, and, but going back even further, so you, your family history, there was a farm close to Unionville, and I believe there were other farms in the area that were owned by family members? Well, yeah, my dad, he uh, grew up over at Woodbine and 14th, which is now the Miller sort of yard. That's where their farm was. And uh, they just had crops and cattle and other animals, I guess. Mm -hmm. when he was growing up and uh, he went to school on 14th Avenue, the schoolhouse restaurant there. That's where they went to school when they were growing up. 
Uh-huh. So, so the restaurant that many people in the area know as that's the right. school, yep. back then it was actually a school. It was a schoolhouse, yeah. And yep. your father went to school. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow, that's quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then going back to, to Unionville itself, so uh, there's a number of businesses, coffee shops, restaurants that we mm-hmm. get to enjoy today yeah. on Main Street Unionville. Mm-hmm. What was it like back then? Do you recall the types of businesses that were operating? A lot of them at the time were mostly uh, antique stores and that. There was, and most of the houses were still residential. The uh, Fred Varley um, house, which is sort of like an art, small art gallery right now, mm-hmm. that was a, a residence. The uh, house across the road, the Old Country Inn, it was still a residence. Okay. And the Queen's Hotel, which is just north of the confectionery, the old uh, fire hall confectionery, it had like a little candy store in there. And back when my dad was growing up, they actually had pool tables in there, and that's where all the the youth used to go and hang out. They go up there and play pool and that. But uh, yeah, when I was growing up, they had a little confection or a little store there, I guess. We'd go in and get ice cream candy. The people lived right in the back there, the Finleys. Nice. So cool. you can still see on the etchings on the wall and the bricks outside, people used to carve their names and that. But uh, yeah. Now, Paul, I remember the old farm hall used to be a ski store. I used to come up in the late 80s to come up and buy ski equipment. Oh, yeah. Ski yeah. Stores, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. You used to go to Too Good Pond and they uh, were windsurfing and uh, kayaking and all various types of uh, sports activities. I guess they'd rent them out from up there. Mm. Now, growing up in Markham, Unionville, when you were a young boy, what was it like? Was there, was it, as, was it more freedom than it is now? Or what was it like? What did you do for excitement back then? Back then, I guess, well, when we moved up to Wembley, Carlton Road just kind of ended north of Wembley and there was a, a farm way up where the school is now, William Bursey School, there was a farm up there. And so there's this long laneway that used to go up there. So a lot of times we go up the laneway and there's a river over there and you go down in fishing. And I don't think we swam too much. We swam at the swimming club, was right by the dam there. There used to be the Unionville Swimming Club was there and uh, that's where we learned how to swim. They had a diving board right by the dam and so what we know today is Too Good Pond mm-hmm. was a, a place for swimming. That's right? right, yeah. That's where everybody learned to swim. There's on the main street just uh, north of uh, where that the church is on the east side, there's a, sort of a laneway there, and that's how you got back into the swimming club. You used to have to go there. You know, swimming would start at 1 in the afternoon. Usually they had lessons in the morning and just swimming, uh, open swimming in the afternoon. So, so who were your best friends back then, Paul? And you still hang out with them? Um, mostly they're through hockey or that. There's still a couple of people that I see occasionally, but there was, even on my own street, there was probably four or five young guys the same age as me, I would say, that we played a lot of road hockey and up and down the street. And we lived on Wembley, which was a great street (laughs) because... Car. (laughs) There was no cars because it was a dead end, so it was perfect. Buggy. Yeah. (laughs) No. So... (laughs) So, um... Uh, Paul, you spent uh, your career working for Markham Hydro. That's correct, yeah. But you also spent time as a firefighter. Maybe you can explain for the audience how it is that you were a firefighter while also working for Markham Hydro. Well, back when first, uh, my dad was on the volunteers as well. And the fire hall was where the old confectionery or the fire hall sports confectionery is. Mm -hmm. That was the fire hall. And they built a new hall where it is now in 1978, I think it was. And so they were always looking for people to join up. So once I was 18, 
I was kind of looking at getting on full-time maybe with the fire department at one time. Back then they only had like a full-time uh, fire hall over in Thornhill. So they only had like 20 guys probably. So, so I, I joined Unionville the volunteers. completely volunteers at that time? Markham, the town, or like Markham and Unionville were completely volunteers, oh, yeah, okay. at the time, yeah. Thornhill was the only one that really had a full-time uh, fire crew. So mm -hmm. it was just, I guess, part of a natural thing. My dad was on there. My uncle. My uncle was on there, my brother-in-law was on there, and I guess it was just... So I, I got on there at 18, yeah, and... Okay, but you decided not to stay on as a firefighter? Actually, I got a chance to join, get with the Hydro before I started. Uh, you had to be 21 to start with the fire department, and the Hydro, you could start at 19, so okay. I decided to go through. And I, it was 20 years with the, the volunteers, so... It was, uh, now, for those of you listening, listening, and you're not watching, this is Paul Cooper White joining our guest on Life Stories Markup. Now, Paul, what was the criteria for joining the volunteer for, uh, as a firefighter back then? There was a, a little. You had to be fairly physically sh in shape. That was pretty well it. The first night we went, to, you, they had a practice every other week, I guess. They'd have practices and all that. So the very first night, uh, Hugh Allison, who was also a curler. He was, I joined the same night for the first practice. And of course that first night they had a fire call and we went to our first fire call. You did the first night. The first night. Okay. And so back in those days, you stood on the back of the fire truck and hold it. There was a bar you held onto. Okay. That's all they had. Really? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we went to our first call. It wasn't anything major, but uh, yeah, it was our, okay. our he first. Was he was a member of my first curling team at Union Curling Is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, incredible. I mean, talk about on-the-job training. That's right, I mean, yeah. The first night of training, off you go. Go, uh, to yeah. That's yeah, how it was back then, I guess, yeah. yeah. And so, obviously, over the years, you were on a number of calls, mm -hmm. fire calls. Is there one in particular, maybe, that stands out? I guess just the one they had down at uh, McCown and Steeles. They lost, uh, like, it was, I think, 107 of the houses under construction at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, one started on fire. Some, I, I can't even remember how it actually started, but... One started on fire and another one, and it just kept sort of a domino effect. Mm. And uh, at the time, none of the fire hydrants had any water in them at the time. And so they were all in various stages of construction. Nobody was living in any of them. It's sort of like they had a fire in Vaughan there a few weeks ago, and they lost quite a few houses. So it's similar to that. They had to tear all the basements apart. And uh, one thing I remember is somebody saying, what do you think is going to stop this fire? And the... Somebody said Steeles Avenue, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, when, when a, a fire would happen somewhere where there was no fire hydrants, mm -hmm. for example, north of 16th Avenue was yeah. all farmlands, what kind of technology do you, did you employ in those situations? Well, they always had like a, a tanker truck. Each hall, Markham, Unionville, each had their own tanker truck, which had a larger volume of water than the, uh, the pumpers. So they would be dispatched and they have a big... Uh, sort of like a big swimming pool, a porta tank they called it, and you just keep filling it up to supply the pumpers and uh, the, the trucks would have to come back to the nearest hydrant and fill up mm. and then go back up to the scene and dump the water again and uh, carry on until it was... And I believe you may have been driving some of those trucks at the time. I was, yeah. The, even at the very end, the, um, that was one of the jobs. There was four of us that were still on the volunteers and that's primarily our job was driving a tanker truck if sometimes Stovall or Richmond Hill needed, uh, it was a mutual aid, they called it at the same time. You go up to another area and just the tanker truck pretty, pretty well would be the only thing that went up there. And all you were doing was ferrying, like transporting water right. to the scene. So right. 
Hmm. I guess there's no more tanker trucks around. Ah, uh, yeah. Area, yeah. There? Oh, yeah. No, no. That Unionville still has one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. there is once I think pretty old get north of Major Mac and Markham. There's no fire hydrants up there, so right. they would need one up there. So. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm told that your father um, had an interesting situation that involved uh, a lady who was working at the post office on Unionville Main Street. Oh yes, yeah. uh, my father and my uncle actually were the Alpocino restaurant is now. They uh, actually built that building and they uh, rented the bottom out to the government of Canada. It was the post office. So one morning when my dad was uh, still at home, the lady that works there came to the door and I guess there was a bit of smoke coming out of the box where you dropped the mail in. So she had went inside and said, called on the phone and said, Bruce, I think there's, there's a fire. There's smoke coming out of the, uh, the mailbox lot. So uh, he came down to the fire hall, which is just south of the, the building there and mm -hmm. got the fire truck himself and drove it up and uh, stuck the hose down into the uh, mail chute and <laughs> put the fire out. So they figured somebody was dropping off a letter, had a cigarette butt in their, a cigarette in their hand and the butt went into the site there. So well, your dad was at the right place at the right time. That's right. It's a good thing he was home. <laughs> now we've talked about a number of locations within uh, Unionville. We mentioned uh, Maple Lane and Station Lane and Wembley, uh, but there is another street in our town that mm -hmm. actually has your family name on it. Oh, okay, Cooper yeah. Wade. Mm -hmm. um, is there uh, must be a story behind that? Well, my uncle who lived on Maple Lane, he owned the property to the east going towards McCowan. And when they built Varley subdivision back in the late 60s, I guess it was, they had to put in a sewage facility plant somewhere. Mm -hmm. So they expropriated the property off my uncle back in behind there. And uh, that's where the, the uh, sewage plant was. And then eventually when they put the uh, bypass in Austin Drive-In, they uh, incorporated Cooperthwaite Crescent over there, mm -hmm. so. Wow, this must be kind of proud to have your name. Yeah, it's not, yeah. There is a Cooperthwaite World on uh, Facebook and that oh. is on the front. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow, we learned something new. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, was there a big ceremony or, do you remember? Nah, no, I don't remember a ceremony, no. Yeah, that's that sounds like a good name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember when my kids were younger, and we would, would drive around, and they'd see Cooperthwaite Avenue, and they just assumed that your family lived down that street. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I used to say, no, they live over, over there. there. That's right. They don't live on that street. And it's funny. Sometimes we get where we live. Our house number is forty-seven, and sometimes we get the mail for forty-seven Cooperthwaite Crescent. Oh, you do. I don't know why, but the mailman must be. Right. <laughs> but a few times, and we actually know the people, so. Mm -hmm. Right. Here, well, uh, Michael, is it time you think? I think it's time for. Rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Country music or rock? Uh, rock. What kind of rock? Favorite band? Um, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, cake or pie? Oh, pie. Pie. Say a word in Spanish. Dos aveso. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, oh, what kind of pie? Uh, this time of year, rhubarb. Rhubarb. Mm. Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, vanilla. Vanilla, oh, that's pretty. Mm -hmm. um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Neither, okay. Dogs <laughs> or cats? Cats. 
have you ever worn socks with sandals? Never. Never. Why? <laughs> Christine would. <laughs> what is your hidden talent? What was the talent that no one would know you had? Um, my humor. Your humor. Here you go. Right. No one would know you. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think your talent is you're just almost in a good mood. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Uh, firefighting or curling? Uh, <laughs> curling. Curling. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, the chicken dance. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, Bee Gees. Bee Gees, staying alive. Big staying alive. Okay. That's it. Excellent. Good work. Thank you very much. Excellent. Listen, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today on this okay. episode of Life Stories Markham. Um, now, if you know somebody out there that you think might have an interesting story, please let us know. Contact us at ideas at lifestoriesmarkham.ca. If you would like to sponsor the show, uh, please get in touch with us at info at lifestoriesmarkham.ca. Now, whether you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, again, we would please ask you to subscribe to the channel. That way you will not miss a single episode as all of our episodes will be there for listening or viewing. This program is produced by Nilesh Hathi Media, and you can reach Nilesh at nilesh.hathi at gmail.com. And all of this information is on our website at lifestoriesmarkham.ca. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.